Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to Off the Beaten Track podcast. How are you all doing? I'm Stu Whiffin. I'm your host. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Joining me today is Chris Smith of The Magic Gang. Uh, Magic Gang are just about to release their new album. Oh, hang on. They may have just released their new album. I'm recording this intro a couple of weeks before it comes out. Go and explore The Magic Gang um, on on the socials or their website or Spotify to find out if the new album's dropped. I think it may well have dropped. Anyway, um, I got to sit and, and, and talk to Chris about the records that have been really important in his creative journey. It's a lovely chat, and I can't wait for you to to get stuck into it. But beforehand, I just want to say um, thanks to Tom Dark for facilitating this interview. Um, big love to Scroobius Pip and, uh, and all my brothers and sisters at the Distraction Pieces Network. Um, much love to 76, who produces this podcast. Um, and if this is your first time listening to off the beaten track then when you finish with this episode um go and have a look in the archives because you'll have access to about 160 episodes with some of your favorite musicians actors djs producers comedians go and have a rummage in the archives and see if there's some other episodes that tickle your fancy but but right now let's get on with um today's episode please enjoy off the beaten track podcast with chris smith of the magic gang listen up I've only got another new sponsor, Egg Fried. It's this super cool clothing label. And if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and, and the designer's kind of weird sense of humour in the mix, then you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints. As well as this, they have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range. And it's called Small Fried. And it's super cool, super cute. Um, and again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whiffin. Okay, we're recording. And sitting opposite me via the means of Zoom today is Chris Smith of The Magic Gang. Hello. 
Hello, mate. How do you do? I'm I'm okay. We've we've not met before. We, we we've literally no. just popped up on this this Zoom feed, and uh, and you're looking quite angelic. You've got a light shining yeah. from behind you. Know you. You've got a glow about <laughs> you today. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, yeah. you said. Go, go. Go, sorry, go on. No, no, I was going to say, I was just saying, got some good natural light in this room, so. Well, you've sent your songs over um, in advance, which is great, because it's given me a chance to kind of explore a couple that um, I hadn't heard before. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, before we get on to the playlist, we're sort of four or five months into lockdown, Um, and how have you found that as... As as Chris, the, the you know the the human being, and how mm-hmm. have you found it as a creative that's had to you know release and market a record uh, in these these times? <clears throat> well, it's yeah, it's unusual because I think from the band side of things, the primary means of of uh, communicating with your fan base is usually playing shows. So obviously, due to the lockdown, we've not been able to do that. So that's one side of it. Um, so you have to become a bit more creative in, in which, in the ways that you want to promote your music and stuff. So there's that. So that, that's always, that's obviously been stressful to, at times to adapt to, but, um, but we found ways of, of kind of working within those parameters. Sorry, excuse me. Um, and then, um, and then on the other side of things, um, personally, like it's kind of been up and I'm sure how how it's been for a lot of people is relatively up and down um there's moments of of kind of uh you know sometimes some people interpret the lockdown situation as like oh like i'm gonna this is a good time for me to reflect and uh while things aren't you know fully in motion in the world it's time for me to maybe it's time for me to reflect on on my situation and and you know and all that kind of things so, so that's sometimes been a bit of clarity, moments of clarity, perhaps in times. But on the on the flip side, also a lot of kind of existential dread, I'm sure, which is the same for a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, my I guess my answer to you is 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 like I bit of both in terms of good and bad, and mm. it's been good, it's been bad. I mean, it's and ultimately, I think having trying to be as grateful as possible in terms of like. It can always be worse, and I think that's always that should be the 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 main kind. One of the primary things you should sort of focus on when it comes to thinking about the situation in the world at the moment. It, it could always be so much worse for, and I, and I'm sure it is for people that aren't myself. So you know, so it's also important to remember that and not you know not not give yourself too much airtime when it comes to complaining about lockdown. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Chris, track one. The song with yes. the greatest ever intro. Yeah. So, yeah, I chose uh, Whiskey in the Jar by Thin Lizzy. Okay. And uh, the reason why is, is, is it, it's, it's certainly... Um, it's just because the song, the, the intro is, is, is kind of somewhat independent from, from the rest of the track. And I was found... When I was younger, my friend introduced me to Thin Lizzy. He was like a bit of a rock guy. And I've only kind of really kind of now, retrospectively, started really listening to Thin Lizzy. And um, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just something about it. it. It's kind of really grandiose, and it kind of sounds more like cinematic or something. And and it kind of really kind of, I feel like when they were kind of arranging their version of that song, they obviously were. I I like to think they were kind of trying to capture the kind of 
grandiose kind of cinematic quality of this kind of Irish folk song. I guess they're trying to get this kind of old, 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 oldie worldy kind of, you know, like a film yeah. um, something like that. And then, yeah, and I just like how the song is really different from the way it starts. And it's, it's yeah, it's just, I, I do really appreciate a, a really sort of grandiose intro to a song. And I think that was just a really good example of one. Well, that, 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 that's interesting because I, I always ask guests um, that, that are musicians this question. And generally, the, the, these are musicians that, um, you know, are, are many albums in and and, yeah. and some people are no longer making, you know, music and such. And I, and I generally ask them about how they've, approach songwriting you know as as the way that we listen has, has evolved you're you know you're making music and dropping music uh in a time where <clears throat> a majority of, of of people are listening via streaming services and and and, mm-hmm. and things like that um where you know potentially there's so much distraction from what you're listening to on that screen you know Oh, plenty of other things that are saying you might like this, you might like this. Have you listened to this? Mm-hmm. You know, related sure. artists, blah blah blah. When you approach songwriting, there, like, are they things that you consider? Because if we look at more mainstream pop music, it's all about. Sometimes the song will start with a chorus now, and it's just like mm-hmm. bang, grab them. Like, is that a consideration yeah. in some way, shape, or form? Yeah, it, I think it. I think it is. I think. I think depending on what. I, I mean, myself personally, certainly because I think for me, the art of um, songwriting, uh, or the craft rather, as I'd say, probably see it, but. Um, there's a, there's a there's an art there's an artistry to like a kind of effectively crafted song. Sure. So so I'm I'm kind of not adverse to these ideas of like it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make the piece of music uh, inauthentic or uh, it doesn't lack it does, a song doesn't lack integrity if if you've consciously decided to edit the song so that the chorus comes in sooner and stuff like that. So so it does certainly come into into um, into your head when you're writing definitely. But then sometimes it's always when it's not the right thing to do like you you do you don't do you don't always do that do you know what i mean so so if it is if if it is for, like for example one of the songs on our record or the record that we're just about to put out the song think has a has a has one of these kind of instrumental uh intros and that that was obviously cut from the radio version um and the single version but and there's also a, a kind of instrumental drum break in the song as well, like halfway through. But, and so that was how we intended for the song to be. But um, that's kind of designed in the context of when you're like listening to the LP and you're listening to the record all the way through. But we're and, but we're and we're obviously not kind of uh, what's the word? I guess not. We're not that night. We're not so naive that we would perhaps be like, oh no, we we have to have the the full five minute version on radio. Yeah. Like people are going to have to, like if you want to listen to the song, like you might not want to endure the, the kind of more artistically indulgent aspect of it over and over again, especially if it's, if you're, if you're showing it to an audience that's maybe hearing you for the first time. Yeah. I get that. So it's like, if yeah. So perhaps if it was a band that you were really into and you, you want to watch them do that live, then yeah, hundred percent. Like that's what we'll do live. But I think, Yeah. And, and what I'll ask as well is, you know, also one of the things that's that's changed in the industry over over you know recent times is the fact that, you know, um, a lot of people will go onto iTunes and cherry pick tracks from albums rather than yes. than, than, than download an album as as a, yeah. as, a, as, a as a whole. And so, in regards yeah. to, to talking about it as a, as a you know as a whole, um, do you mm-hmm. still approach an album 
in a more, I guess, more traditional sense of it's a body of work and do you spend time working on track listing and do you yes. want it to be listened to as a piece of art as, as a whole? Yeah, definitely. I think we've tried to do that as much as possible within the current sort of paradigm that we, yeah. we exist in as a sort of pop, sort of centred angled band but yeah certainly yeah, like <laughs> you we, struggle to describe yourself <laughs> yeah i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't be i think sometimes sometimes that's not that's not your job sometimes absolutely you know what i mean it's not up to me <laughs> let the people decide um no but yeah it's, uh, no, it's, uh, certainly yeah i think i think we always try and make an effort to to adhere to like the old the old way of sequencing a record yeah. and making sure there's a consistency amongst yeah, definitely, absolutely. Like we, we we write when it comes to the process of creating a record, we'll have twenty five plus pieces of music that are all kind of potentially going to be on there, and part of what determines what will go on there will be based on how it works amongst other songs and, or just yeah, if if there's a perhaps a lyrical consistency or a thread, any kind of thread that feels like they should be together. Yeah. So if and if obviously sometimes if they don't fit that, then that's kind of sometimes necessary to let go of some other ones that don't fit so yeah definitely man like because all of us a lot a lot of us listen to records that were recorded at a time when it was like you know here's your lp you have 33 minutes on each side like you know this is what you need to you, you work within that kind of concept of making an album so yeah cool for sure man track two chris first song yes. you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you uh, i think I can't even remember, I can't, do you know what, I, I don't know, the thing about this one is that um, some of these ones kind of, um, this this one's uh, Tears on My Pillow, right, so I've slightly cheated in this one because uh, because really what it is is it's the Grease soundtrack, Yeah. And the film Grease, and that was like my favourite film when I was a kid. And there's a there's like a house band on the at the prom, and I think they're called Shannonar, and I think they were kind of like a culty band, and they ended up getting booked off the back of being on Greece and stuff. But I chose to, I just put the original artist, I think. But anyway, yeah, that song's amazing. Like I think that was the earliest doo wop and old old R and B and soul was the first thing that I heard when I was little that really got me. Like the 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 kind of overt sort of sweetness of it sounded kind of. I don't know. How, there's a kind of otherworldly quality to it. The idea of that much sincerity on a record now feels feels like otherworldly to me. So, I think when I was a kid, it, it felt like the. It's almost like the musical equivalent of like a Disney film. Yeah. It's like purely, you know, it's satisfying and it's soulful, but in a kind of very uh, innocent and almost naive way. I get so, that. Um, yeah. What would what would that emotion have been? What would that emotion have been? Mm. I don't know. I, I guess for me, it's um, it's a, it's that idea of nostalgia, but the nostalgia that you were never part of. Yeah. So like, so I love uh, sort of fifties and sixties Americana. I like this sort of that kind of suburban American dream, nineteen fifties lowriders and you know muscle cars and yeah. milkshakes and all that all that business. And um, as yeah, like aesthetically, I'm very kind of like into that. So yeah. so I guess it kind of it just kind of affirms that kind of that kind of interest in me. I guess I don't know if, it, it, and I guess maybe the idea of of uh, you know it's like intang- it's like almost like untang- intangible idealistic 
norms like whether it's like romantic or lifestyle or happiness you know it's 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 this idea of um aspiration towards this kind of idea of like perfection i think that's quite an interesting i find that an interesting theme within art as much as like abstract and negativity and all the other themes in art are also very good as well but there is something very kind of i think very something otherworldly about trying to make art like like trying to make things seem perfect because they're not so yeah. it's impossible to be perfect but i think the idea of yeah i don't know that, that well that's what it does for me anyway it's about trying to i don't know i guess it's this it's a bit of nostalgia and an idealism i guess yeah. is what what i'm drawn to by like this idea of perfection or that just, that record's yeah. pretty close to perfection mm. it's uh, it's a brilliant song it's so good and i and i hadn't yeah. listened like you i would have first heard that on greece um yes. and and it's just it it's a song that I, I never ever think about when people talk about like great records i've never in a million years considered tears on my pillow i don't know mm. why it's but because mm-hmm. it, it's always been there and mm. and then i know that that kylie released it in the in the early 90s mm. um mm. as part of a film as well actually i can't remember what the film mm. was called um i think it went to number one then as well um but hearing that version uh, I was like, oh my God, this is just an incredible record. And it's, mm. you know, I, I think much like you, you know, that, that whole kind of romanticism about that kind of 50s America, like, is so colourful and exciting. Yes. And, and the, mm. the, just the, the doo-wop sound mm. is just, yeah. oh, it's to die for. It really is. Yeah, it really is. Um, okay, track three. A song that reminds you of your time at school. Uh, so when I was at school, uh, I had a really sort of hip teacher when I was in year five who used to play the guitar. He was called Mr. Hawkins. Uh, and he was probably one of my first kind of musical, like one of the people that first made me think, oh, actually, like maybe I'll play guitar at some point. Maybe I'll play guitar. So he used to kind of get us out of singing hymns in school and he used to get by by getting his guitar out and playing um certain sort of soft rock sort of bangers like such as like uh you know James Taylor um and you've got a friend was just one that sort of really was is really stuck in my mind and and also equally because my mum is a huge huge fan of James Taylor and or Carol uh, Carol K, uh, Carol King anyway mm. so so that song is just kind of part of our sort of family sort of canon as well. You nearly so said guess. tapestry, and I was like, you can't say that. You can't no, say that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse the pun. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm afraid. I, I'm afraid it's too early for that level of wit for me. I'm afraid I'm not quite warmed up enough yet. To, so you, uh, you say that you had a teacher that yeah. would allow you to not go to assembly so you could play guitar with him. Well, not not exactly. It's that it was like it was it was. Um, it was part of the, the the thing in school for us to sing in assembly, and then and 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 because he was like, well, I've got a guitar, I can play some songs. It just meant that the alternative to singing, uh, sing Hosanna or whatever on the piano, it was then it was you've got a friend by James Taylor. It Why was it was more just the idea of getting the kids to sing, I think. But his his way of doing it was just something that was something that you know, in a way that was yeah, I don't know, just a bit more interesting i suppose so was he pretty much responsible for you like responsible for you to pick up a, a guitar and, and i would say i would say in some ways yeah i mean there was there was a couple of experiences that i had when i was very young that kind of 
pushed me in that direction. But I think his was more the idea of... It wasn't so much the idea of playing guitar, it was about this idea... I think it was the first time I'd seen... The idea of like playing a song yourself like the idea of getting enjoyment like enjoyment out of like performing someone else's song or just a, a song to people it was more about that kind of, it was more of like this idea of community like communal music like people singing along and all that kind of sure. thing you know playing sure. music for people to sing and enjoy with and stuff like that uh, that's uh, my yeah how was school did you enjoy it um to be honest like in like I don't want to be one of those people I don't want to be all tiny violin about it but no not really in hindsight, um, I spent most of the time as a child uh, trying to, es- uh, I think escapism is, is kind of my thing. Like, uh, it's not like I had a bad childhood. Like, my friend, uh, my parents are, like, amazing, and, I, like, I would never say anything otherwise. I think it's just that um, it was a hard, I had a hard time disconnecting from being a child and being, and it being about pure sensation and emotion and then and then when when things start to become more structured and you start having less freedom and less choice I think I was very adverse to that but in fairness like I'm only really referring to secondary school because in fairness junior school was fine it's just that I was just very uh aloof because I was just more interested in for a long time I was really obsessed with like uh fantasy and like uh, like fantasy films like Star Wars and stuff and then it was computer games and then it was music so all of these sort of things that I've been obsessed with are always about me just like not participating in what's actually going on it's more about me just trying to do what makes me feel comfortable which happens to be like escapist stuff so I think I found school very difficult because it was hard for me in secondary school to, to find uh, to feel like I got, I didn't really know, I didn't really feel like I got on with, I didn't really have many, many good good friends, like, in school. It was only till I became about, the friendship group that I'm part of now, which I have been for almost, you know, seven or eight years, like, these were all friendships that were solidified after school and through mutual, uh, not, not solely through mutual interest, but more based on that kind of thing. Whereas I think the reason why I found it difficult at school is because I didn't find people that... I, I couldn't find enough people at my school to get on with who were into the same stuff as me, or or at least kind of accepting of... It was a very conventional kind of um, school. Yeah. You know, it was like a, it was like a sports college. and a, So, like, you were either good at sport, or if you weren't good at sport, you were really academic. And yeah. if you were neither, you were, you were screwed, because I wasn't good at sport... I was really, really small at, at second. I was like a very, I was like a, I wasn't very pubescent when I was at school. I was like, I, I didn't, gr- I didn't have a growth spurt till I was about fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. Um, so I was obviously very small and very kind of, really a bit of an easy target to kind of get the mick taken out of me for 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 being a bit dorky and a bit and a bit weird and alternative, which is obviously a common, you know, common sure. sort of archetype for everyone in some ways. So it's just kind of one of those things, really. So so. You know, the only thing I enjoy about school, perhaps, is that I was younger and things seem to be less complicate, complicated when you're younger. Yeah. But apart from that, I'm, I'm, I think, as far as I'm concerned, I think the older I get, the more happy I become, to be honest. That's good. Yeah. Did, did you know what you wanted to be at school? No, not really. I think, I think I've always loved... I'd always loved music, but 
and I was in the, the my earliest kind of form of I used to play recorder when I was in infant school and um um I used to like not read the music I used to play recorder by ear like they didn't realize like so there was a there was a point where I I was showing musical acumen when I was uh very young but then it didn't really it's not my parents didn't really my parents were reluctant to kind of pay for music lessons for me when I was young because they they'd previously tried to get my older brothers I have two older brothers who also were playing instruments and because they'd kind of paid for him to have lessons um they couldn't really they they were a bit unsure about justifying it because he eventually gave up the drums and stuff and they didn't want to like invest in another child's kind of like I think they were just kind of reluctant because they thought maybe we'll wait till he's a bit older till he's a bit more uh more autonomy to be like I want to do this sure um but so so I no I didn't know what I wanted to be I didn't want to to be honest with you I, I didn't know I don't I didn't know I just liked music but yeah. that was about it I liked Star Wars and music and Greece, Ob- and that was about it. <laughs> Obsessively. Yes, yes, yes. So my, I only really like in life, in life in general, I only really like three things, more or less, which is, you know, music and, I don't know, like drinking whiskey and, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I'm a very simple man. Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, there's, I, some, I, I, there's some great simple pleasures right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I enjoy, I enjoy uh, people and music and then having a drink, and that's... You know that, which I guess having a drink is kind of enjoying being with people and stuff. So I don't know. Yeah, that makes it sound like I. Uh, I mean, like if you I like know, music uh, you and know. being around people and drinking whiskey, yeah. start mm. a band. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah the best exactly. thing to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. um, I think escapism is what I'm into in some in whatever form that is. Whether even that's even just like a really good conversation, like right now. Because yeah. it means that all that's all that's really going on right now in the universe is is the conversation that we're having yeah. for this moment in time. So it's that kind of idea. Yeah. Hello, I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is the songs that we're talking about in this podcast. If we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs. Just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there, I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up, get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. So where was all this um, happening, Chris? Where, where was where was home and school? Whereabouts was you? Mm. So I grew up in a place called New Milton, which is a small uh, market town near Bournemouth, which is in Dorset. My parents are originally from Liverpool and Bolton, with my mum being from Bolton, my dad being from Liverpool, and they moved down here just before I was born in ninety one, I think, and I think or ninety maybe, and I think I was I was born in ninety two. So my older brothers were born in Bolton, um, and they are a few years older than me each. But yeah, so and it was this is very again like very normal, very kind of not. I wouldn't say normal. I would I would say I wouldn't say normal because that sounds a bit too nice. But it, I didn't really. It, it's very generic, you know, very 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 typical, very typical like sort of middle class ish, sort of working class middle class yeah. people. Um, so. 
you, you, yeah, you it's normal. <laughs> weird. <laughs> you mean I, I know what you're saying. I, know what you're saying. Yeah. I think typical is a good a good typical word. is what is what I'm looking yeah. for. Yes, yes. Uh, you, you mentioned older brothers and and, and obviously mm-hmm. your parents and at home and stuff like that. And before, I mean, it ties into kind of the next uh, question anyway. But what, were you exposed to like lots of music growing up? Was there yeah. was there records on at home? Yeah, there was incre- yeah, really good stuff. Like that that I think I would I would say that my parents are the reason why I have music. Like my I think my taste in music is 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 a lot of it is derived from my parents' records. So you mentioned that yes. your mum was a big fan of uh, James Taylor and stuff, yeah, right? So my mum yeah, so what my mum my mum like So for my mum it was like uh Carol King, James Taylor, uh, she like she she was really into David Cassidy when she was a teenager. That's the one that comes up. Um, both my parents really like Van Morrison, Stevie Wonder. My mum's a big fan of Stevie's one of my favourites as well. But yeah, and then my dad was uh, very cool. My dad was actually very very cool. He 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 was a big sort of uh, Motown head um, in the uh, sort of late seven uh, late sixties early seventies, and then he was quite into disco as well. So he's got he had quite an incredible collection of, of records but he now kind of only just li- he only really listens to Rod Stewart and Van Morrison now but all all great all great artists yeah. nonetheless but yeah. my parents definitely fed me a lot of a lot of great music which I still listen to yeah you know yeah. well let's get round to track four which is the first song uh, the first record you ever bought yeah, so I think I, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure this is accurate because it was a long time ago. But I've, I've put "Murder on the Dance Floor" by Sophie Ellis Baxter. I imagine I that was a CD, right? Yeah, that would that would have been a, a CD single. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what year that was. It was probably the early 2000s, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I reckon. I'm gonna. If I had to guess, I'd say 2003, but I don't. I think that's yeah. probably wrong. Um, so. Yeah, um, 2000, like, that actually came out, bloody hell. Can you remember where you bought it? Yeah, I bought it from uh, Woolworths in New Milton. Uh, yes, and uh, I used to love that song because what, we were, what I was really, really... I think <laughs> there was some, it was her accent in the song. It was yeah. the way it was so... Refi- it was the way she was like dance floor. Yeah. I remember being really drawn to that when I was a kid. I thought it was like funny, and again, I suppose it, it kind of was a kind of discoy track, which mm. I think I was already kind of my dad already had records like that. So I, I guess it was. I think it was because we all. To be honest with you, like I'll be truthful with you, it was it was literally because it was just because she was just a bit like really it's just because she sounds really posh in the song and i thought that was really entertaining when i was a kid it's it's really and that, that was always the the thing that used to get us going like you know hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When she's just, yeah. Because she was, I don't know. a great song. If you know too much about where, where Sophie Lispector sort of Rose, you know, a a fame rose from. So she was the daughter of a Blue Peter presenter. I didn't know that. uh, Yeah, her mum was Janet Ellis. And, uh, and I mean, you know, being born when you're born, you... I, you know, you shouldn't know these sort of things. Obviously, I'm I'm, I'm really old, so I know these things. But um, but yeah, she was she was um, and, and she was in this kind of I guess if we have to sort of use a loose term, she was in a Britpop band called The Audience. I had no idea. And they got loads and loads of hype. This band mm. and uh, and and the, and then they released. I don't know if they released an album. They released some some, some singles and stuff. And there was loads of hype around. You know this this band, The Audience, mm. and and then it kind of seemed to just stop mm. and, and disappear. And then all of a sudden, she kind of come back. You know, three or four years later, um, as this kind of vocalist on these incredible. Sort of dance mm. records, yeah, yeah, because the the, the Groove Jet one, of as course, well. yeah, yeah, like, that's huge great as well. number one record, and, mm. uh, and yeah, and she did always come across, even in the audience when she was fronting that, quite posh, yeah, but in a kind of in a kind of way where it was like her thing, her, it was like her brand or something, yeah, it wasn't kind of like. It was it was it was uh, sophisticated. She was sophisticated, wasn't she? Definitely she was sophisticated. Like, yeah, very yeah. like well, very like mm, small glass sort <laughs> yeah. of in your hand when you're singing. <laughs> yeah, she's never yeah. had a pint. She's never had no, a pint. No. I mean, I, I mean, you know, more power to her anyway. Wonderful. She seems like she seems she seems like you know, I don't know what she's up to now, but I remember. I don't know. That's again that song still. Still gets played at the old at the old uh, party or gathering yeah. or whatnot. I think I'm pretty sure we've played it in DJ sets as well. Yeah, it's a great to pop an, record. To, yeah, yeah, love it. Well, you talked about DJing then. Um, yes. So for track five, <clears throat> the song that has soundtrack your years clubbing. I mean, you're a young man. You're still clubbing, like uh, sort of. Yeah. So I do. In, I am partial to it. Yeah. But okay. but I think with with this track. Um, my sort of clubbing experiences wasn't really tip. It wasn't. It wasn't going to maybe say like let's say five, five, seven years ago in London. A lot of the a lot of my clubbing experiences is around. Uh, it's more originated from uh, like reggae sound system music. So it's not like I, I haven't never never been on. Haven't really ever been into house music that much mm-hmm. or techno music. Where I've been a lot of my friends are like every a lot of my mates are into techno basically, but. Which I which I'm partial to, but like anyway, like I, my thing is like a kind of I like all the reggae stuff, and therefore all the offshoots of reggae, which would be like more stuff like UK garage or jungle, drum and bass, uh, dubstep, all that kind of jazz. Um, so so my clubbing experiences were soundtracked by uh, this kind of 
music which originates from Croydon in South London in like the early 2000s. It's like an offshoot of UK garage music. It's like the kind of dark. Uh, it's like the it's like the it was like a response to the popularity of UK garage. It was like the darkening and the kind of minimal like minimalization of mm-hmm. of UK garage, and that was what originally was the earliest form of of dubstep. And with dubstep, it it became a kind of very commercially viable sound and a very kind of quite a kind of homogenized kind of bastardized beast. And 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 then eventually a lot of the people that jumped on it left, and then so then but then so then it kind of kind of started it kind of there was like a bit there was like there's a bit of a kind of renaissance around that sound at the moment or like from which started which was kicked off about 2011 2012. Um, so a lot of my coming experiences were going to these like uh, it's like a new generation or a new movement which is kind of like that old music but new stuff so yeah. this song uh anti-war dub is is one of the classics from from the original wave of all of that all of that kind of music so it's yeah and who's that by it's uh it's an artist called mala so he's he's a uh he's he's quite a big uh he's a, he's a pretty big deal in 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 he's he's one of the founders of of the i would describe him as the found one of the founders of that sound and it's kind of like it's hard to describe the song. It's it's kind of like uh it's kind of like garagey, but it's kind of got this kind of you know, it's got a kind of dub uh kind of dub reggae quality to it as well. And it and it's a it's it's got it's kind of got a very kind of strong uh sentiment to it as well. It's it's just really good, yeah. It's what, hard to describe it. <laughs> what do you want from clubbing, Chris? What do I want from clubbing? Okay, so personally, I think like the best thing about clubbing for me is when is when you're in a room full of people and everyone's connected, but you don't have to say or do anything to affirm that idea. And what unifies everyone is the fact that you're all there enjoying music. So I want peace in the dance. That's what I want. I don't think anyone's ever answered that question quite so well. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Track six. Favorite song from an artist from your home county? Okay, so again, I've cheated on this one because I couldn't find. I don't know any artist from my home county apart from King Crimson. So, and again, King Crimson are from somewhere in Dorset, I believe, okay. which is which is the neighbouring neighbour. So, where I grew up was on the on the Hampshire Dorset border. So, I'll, I'm, I'm allowed it. You can have it. Yeah. So, King Crimson. I've gone for some late King Crimson, some later King Crimson, some. 80s King Crimson. So this song, Waiting Man, is, yeah, incredible. Uh, my friend Parrot, well, Paris, the drummer in the Magic Gang, turned us onto it because it's got a lot of this kind of rhythmical, he's, he's quite into this kind of rhythmical stuff. Um, and I'm not really a fan of, of prog, proggy stuff, but this, when someone plays a, video, a song to you enough times, you, you obviously grow to love it. And yeah. it's just one of those tunes where I love it now, but it wasn't really... Uh, Anything that I would probably find myself. Yeah. But yeah, it's great. Um, well, you, you mentioned DJ sets and stuff. So mm-hmm. now's your chance to play DJ because for track seven, um, I'm going to ask you uh, to tell us a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Yeah, so I've gone for uh, an old soul record. 
I don't know where it came out. I think uh, I think in maybe 1969, uh, and it's a group called Frankie and the Spindles. And again, I'm not sure which part of America it's they're from, but but it's just one of those obscure, one of those old sort of obscure soul records, but but the songwriting is just so brilliant. And it's almost like, you know how we were talking about Tears on My Pillow yeah. earlier? For me, it it's one of those kind of records where you're like, bloody hell, like, how have I never heard this before? Yeah. And and for me, it just satisfies uh, what I want from a record like that. Yeah. It's got like uh, a like wonderful kind of... Uh, very kind of honest, direct lyrics and a very, very, uh, very, very luscious kind of string arrangement. Um, yeah, it's just beautiful. I mean, I mean, the more I, I couldn't talk about it, so I could talk about it forever, but, but you know, I couldn't, I couldn't describe what, you know. Well, I'd never heard it uh, yeah. until I got your list of songs over and, and mm. went and listened to it. And it's it's on lots of kind of sort of soul rarities compilations and, yeah. and, and, and such. And it's it's a wonderful record. Mm. Uh, I put together a, a Spotify playlist to uh, accompany this this podcast sure. so people can go and listen to all the tracks mm-hmm. um, that we, we, we've spoke about on here. But, I mean, if we're going to talk about, um, you know, you playing DJ and telling people about, you know big records then we should mention that you've got a big record about to drop right yeah so uh yeah so we've got a record coming out on the 28th of august which will probably be after this airs maybe i don't know yeah yeah so yeah it's called death of the party it's our second record and it's an attempt as uh for us it's an attempt to build on what we we've, we've already started but by incorporating a broader sense of 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 uh i think i think the way that we've kind of positioned ourselves lyrically is is different from the first one so if you liked our first record but thought the lyrics were lame give this one a go (laughs) give this one a go (laughs) what you have to understand is the first record was conceived four years before it was released so so where we were at even when the first record came out wasn't as as reflective of of where we were it's similarly so so that as in therefore like this record is a little bit more closer to you know the turnover before before to, with its conception and its release is a little bit closer together so hopefully it feels a little bit more relevant this time so if people want to go and explore the magic gang where's the best place to sort of follow you to keep up to speed on oh, and everything uh, that's happening well, so the our Instagram is is which is just Instagram dot com slash the Magic Gang, and then on Twitter we're at underscore the Magic Gang, um, and then yeah, and then hit us up on either of those or Spotify is you know where or you know all the, we're on all the all the all the things. <laughs> well, um, TikTok, if- we're on TikTok. If you want to follow us on TikTok, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, uh, if it's cool with you, then um, I'll tag you in um, all of the stuff when this comes out. Absolutely. So, uh, so Absolutely. for those that haven't uh, heard the new album, can find uh, a quick route into to, to listening. Um, Chris, thanks so much for your time today. It's been oh, no, an thank absolute you joy talking yeah, records you with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Best yeah. of luck with the album, and, yeah. and, and thanks, thanks again, so mate. Yeah, yeah, cool. Have a good day. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Chris. Bye bye. 
there you go. Lovely. Absolute gentleman was Chris. Um, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. As mentioned at the beginning, um, if you did and you would like to hear more episodes, go and have a look in the archives. 150, 160-odd episodes now of um, chats with wonderful creative people, whether they be uh, musicians, actors, comedians, DJs, producers. Go and have a little rummage in the archives and uh, I guarantee you'll find something that will tickle your fancy. Um you can find out about that. You can find out about our Patreon page where there's standalone episodes and such. You can find out about merch and stuff. One-stop shop, offthebeatentrackpodcast.com. I'm back next time. Have a lovely week. See you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. And in addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So, if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk, official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track Podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. It may stew with him. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.